Hi, I'm Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears. This time a review of the 2000 movie, The Way of the Gun. As I've started doing a quick summary before we get into the full review, this is an interesting Tarantino-esque, cheeky, kind of funny, kind of noir cult film. <laughs> it's entertaining. It didn't hold up as well as I'd hoped, but you've got great actors in early roles from Ryan Philippe, Benicio Del Toro, Juliette Lewis, Tay Diggs, Nikki Cat, James Kahn, Scott Wilson. It's wow. And Christopher McQuarrie cutting his teeth. In 1995, he won the Academy Award for writing The Usual Suspects, one of the best scripts ever and a great film with one of the best plot twists you don't see coming. And obviously, when that kind of thing happens, you become du jour, you know, the, the flavor of the day in Hollywood. So five years later, he wrote and directed the movie The Way of the Gun. On an $8.5 million budget, it went on to gross $13 million dollars. He wrote some other movies, started working on some big properties, hooked up with Tom Cruise, and now he's done the last three Mission Impossible movies. That's what he's writing and directing these days. So <laughs> he obviously got a little bit better. Uh, and, and not to say this is a bad film, it's definitely not. My little story behind this film, now getting into the longer review. Oh, so if you, if you see it somewhere streaming, watch it. It's interesting, especially now that it's 21 years old. It feels like a time capsule of sorts. It's a kidnap thriller done in a Tarantino-esque style. It tries to have plot twists and shocking things, but looking at it in 2021, it's not all that shocking, not all that crazy, not all that, you know. There's some very interesting set pieces, some very interesting action, some great dialogue, and some great acting. Um, I think he did a great job directing, writing. Could have spent a little bit more on the script. A little more. Some things feel stretched out that didn't need to be stretched out. Some things feel rushed that didn't need to be rushed. Again, it, it there are places in it that feel kind of like True Romance, which was a Quentin Tarantino script that was made by somebody else, Tony Scott. Um, this feels like almost somebody gave a Tarantino script to Christopher McQuarrie and he made it. But he wrote it, and I'm not taking anything away from it. It's a decent script. It's great characters, good acting, and it's well-directed film. That's why he's directing big movies with Tom Cruise now, multi-million dollar, billion dollar franchise movies. But <clears throat> watching it now, it's a simple story. I have two guys that... Well, you have a hard time caring about them because they're kind of bad guys, but they're trying to do the right thing by them. And by the end of the movie, they're trying to do the right things for the right reasons, but mm. James Kahn, who plays a bad guy in the he's a bag man. Um, he kind of comes off the best at the end. Which is, I mean, it, I guess the idea was trying to turn things on their head, to take this, this kind of film noir, uh, kidnapping kind of movie and kind of flip it upside down and make whites, blacks, and grays, deeper grays, and that kind of thing. I, I, I can only assume, I can only assume when you win the Academy Award for one of your first scripts and movies that you, you are trying to do deeper, more meaningful work as you go and it doesn't always come out that way. I, I, I really don't know that much about Christopher McQuarrie. I knew his name when he came out. Also, because his last name is the same as the artist who did the original Star Wars artwork before they made the movies. Um, I don't know if they're related. I never looked that up. I should, now that we have Google, right? Um, but I, I remembered his name when I started watching the new Mission Impossible movies. I recently watched all the Mission Impossible movies backwards. It was my idea to see if they do actually get better like I think they do as they go along, and they do. 
Um, and that part of that is Christopher McQuarrie. He came into the series after doing um, the Jack Reacher movie, the first Jack Reacher movie with Tom Cruise, and they brought him over to the Mission Impossible movies, and boom, you know, it just worked. It just clicked. Um, but this, it feels like a Tarantino movie, as a lot of movies back then did. Once Pulp Fiction was a huge hit, uh, everything everybody wanted to be a Tarantino. Um, and now looking back more than 20 years, almost 30 years, um, very few people turned out to be another Tarantino. <laughs> and that's a good thing. Um, and Christopher Quarry has turned out to be something different as well. Um, but to see where people, I love with bands and with movies, I love to see where people start. I like to see the beginning. I got into The Cure after they'd been around for a while. When I was in high school and college, I got turned on to them, and so I went backwards. When I got turned on to Stephen Wilson and Porcupine Tree, I he was already well into his career, and I went backwards. I like that journey backwards from wherever I discover someone to find out how they got to where they got. Sometimes I'm not as big a fan of the older stuff. Sometimes I'm a bigger fan of the older stuff. It all depends on what we're talking about, but... I do like, especially when I'm a fan of something or someone, to find out where they came from. What, what do they start? What do they cut their teeth on? How did they get to this point in their art? And Christopher McQuarrie, this is a good way to see he already knew about characters and dialogue and stuff, and he needed to work on you know flow of film, action, and things like that. The action scenes are really well staged. There's a huge gun battle that lasts like the final third of the movie. Um, it's well done. It's an entertaining film and not one that you see streaming a lot dick pope did the cinematography it looks great um it was a good flick it was considered a bomb at the time like i said it was made for eight and a half million dollars it grossed 13 um not a lot of money by today's standards back then even then not a whole lot of money but it's turned into a cult film it's funny a friend of mine years ago we shared amazon wish list and gave each other cheap christmas presents i don't know why we don't do that well how we got out of that habit but this was in my amazon wish list for cheap but a friend of mine out in arizona sent it to me and it's been in plastic ever since because i own the movie on dvd i had seen it more than once and i needed to get sometimes i need to get far enough away from my last viewing to truly enjoy a film again with some films i watch them and i like i I immediately want to watch it again to get more out of it that doesn't happen very often matter of fact that's pretty rare in my life But what happens a lot more often is I see a movie and I want to wait a year, maybe several years to watch it again so that I kind of forget certain things about it and really want to refresh myself with it and that kind of thing. Sure, I have certain movies like Big Trouble in Little China I probably watch once a year. There's nothing (laughs) that that would stop me from that. I love that movie. It's entertaining. If it's on, I just watch it. I I just love, I have multiple copies of that movie. I love Big Trouble in Little China. But other movies like this one, I don't watch on a yearly basis, but it's in the collection for a reason because it's an interesting, in all of the people that starred in this movie, Ryan Philippe, Benicio Del Toro, Juliette Lewis, Tay Diggs, Nikki Cat, yeah, from TV, from Boston Legal, um, was making his move into movies, and he's still making movies today, which is kind of interesting. And James Caan, who was a a little bit older in this and did a great job in the movie, it, all in all, it, 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 I hate to use this word, but it felt kind of quaint watching it. It just felt like a time capsule from the 90s, even though it was released um, in 2000, September of 2000, actually. But Way of the Gun, should you seek it out? Yeah, to see where Christopher McQuarrie came from, to see where Ryan Philippe, Benicio Del Toro, and those guys who were pretty early in their careers, what they were doing, um, how they got to where they are today. Yes, absolutely. Uh, is it a movie that you've got to run out, add to your collection and watch every year going forward? I doubt it unless you're just a big fan. 
But it is entertaining. Uh, if it's streaming, definitely watch it. And pick it up if you're a Christopher McQuarrie fan or a fan of any of those actors. It is one of... Well, I, I would think each one of those actors say this is one of my favorite roles because it was fun to play. It was entertaining. It was interesting. And it is very interesting. But like I said, not all the characters are likable. Not all the characters are good guys. Matter of fact, pretty much everybody in the movie is a kind of villain, kind of a bad guy. So pick your heroes as you will in the way of the gun. Came out in 2000, still available today. It's a considered a cult movie from Christopher McQuarrie. Check it out. I'm Scott Hamilton. The Rock File is the name of my website. Please like, share, subscribe, all of those things. But more than anything else, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.